Before we get into today's chat, we'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners and custodians of the land on which we record this podcast today, the peoples of the Kulin Nation. As always, we pay our respects to their elders past and present. Finding time for ourselves now as parents of three kids, that's a challenge. I know that that's a bit of a phase which we will eventually come through in 25 years or 25 years or so. 25 lifetimes. 25 lifetimes. <laughs> Welcome to Talking in Common, a podcast of all things lifestyle, family, relationships, well-being, kids and culture. This is not a how-to, but an insight into the lives of ourselves and others and how we all manage to get by. Hosted by myself, Kate Gadinsky, and my co-host, Sophie Panton. Take a listen and let's find out what we all have in common. A big thank you to today's episode sponsor, our friends at Swiss Wellness, making people around the world healthier and happier. And we are back. Welcome back, Kate. Welcome back, our lovely listeners. How is everybody today? What an original way to start with welcome back. And we are back. That's right. Now, today is a effing glorious day outside on this day that we record. And as much as I love being in front of this microphone and in front of your face, I really would just want to get this done and get outside. I'm frothing to get to the pub. No, more like the <laughs> um, playground, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Might meet you there. Let's start with you. How's your lactation going, my love? Oh, I don't know why I just felt the need to put my hands on my boobs when you said that. It's a natural reaction, a very natural reaction. Because they just started to tingle as soon as you asked me. My lactation is going pretty good. Good to hear. Have you still got the night sweats happening? Oh, do you know what's really funny, actually, that you just asked that? I feel like they went away for a couple of weeks. And then just over this last week, maybe like Otis was feeding a bit more, I think. I feel like I'm getting them back. Yeah. It's really bizarre. It's like they come and they're, they're coming and going a bit, uh, but not as bad as what they were. Oh. Yeah, in the beginning, it's like full on. It's oh like my a slippery, God. slippery dip. I still have them. I think it's like a permanent postpartum hormonal something. Every night. I mean, now it's not like full on to the point where I have mm. to change sheets every day or change my pajamas. But uh, pre-kids, I never used to be a night sweater. And now I'm an every night sweater. Every morning when I wake up, I have nothing on <laughs> because... Yeah, you got to strip it off. You yeah, as he wakes up, gross. I feed and then like one boob leaks and then, oh, yeah. you know, I feel like the first few weeks I had it a little bit more under control. Like I'd have like a breast pad in or I'd have one of my like leak-proof bras on and now I'm a bit all over the place because, yeah. you know, that's just what happens. And anyway, it gets me every time I start feeding him on one side and then I'm like, oh, my God, and I look at the other side and my top or my bra is soaking wet. It's quite funny, isn't it? Like when you first have your baby – you're like, you know, I've got all the right things in place. You know, mm. I've got this little routine. These are the things that make that work, that make me feel good. It's like as the week goes on and you're just more tired and it's more chaotic. It's just like <laughs> I'll use that wipe that I already used yeah. for something else. <laughs> like <laughs> I look at the bedroom floor now and there's like a nappy thrown somewhere. Yeah. There's like swaddles. There's yeah, sweaty pajamas. Baby onesie that's needed to be changed where, again, those first few weeks I'd like get up and I'd put the nappy in the nappy bin and I'd put his dirty clothes in the thing. Now it's just like, oh, my God, what time is it? No, nah, that's just getting piffed somewhere on the floor. Whatever you can do to get by. Seriously, to get back to sleep, I say. 
Yeah. I feel like what we have in common lately is we were talking on the phone the other day about the good old pram struggles. Oh, my god! It's been a good few years <laughs> since you've used a pram, so you feel like relearning for the first time. Eight weeks in and I'm still not all over it. I feel like I've used the pram quite a bit, but I've had it set up at home, whereas now that I'm kind of out and about a bit more and just doing normal life things, getting it in and out of the car has proven to be like quite the challenge for me. First, I couldn't figure out how to get the capsule out. Like that's one thing. It's so basic. It's one little push at the back. But the other morning I was dropping the kids off at school Mm. and I got the capsule out of the car and I was like, great, I got the pram base out put that up and then realised, oh, okay, the adapters aren't on. So oh, I was like, right, course. so what am I going to do now? He was asleep in the capsule, so I put the capsule down. Like I'll just fold the base back up, put it in the car and I'll just carry the capsule. Then I could not for the life of me figure out how to collapse the base back down. Oh I got God. so frustrated. I was getting really hot and bothered. It was getting later. Nina was saying, "Mummy, come on, we need to get going. I was like, you know what? <laughs> Fuck it. I'm leaving it beside the car. The kids were like, oh uh, Mum. What, like the, you, the whole base of the pram? The whole base the whole of the frame pram. of the pram. Yep. And <laughs> they were like, Mum, you can't do that. Someone will steal it. Someone will take it. I was like, do you know what? That's not going to happen. But right now I can't even look at this thing because I was about to have a nervous breakdown. Yeah. So I was like, I'll just put it beside the car. I won't be too long. The next minute I have all these missed calls and a text from one of my school mum friends and the text says, did you mean to leave the base of your pram by the car? Anyway, don't worry, I've bought it into the school for you. So oh, I'm like, bless oh my God. Okay, this is so embarrassing. I don't know how many people saw that I couldn't figure out how to work it. Then I've left it beside the car. Now it's made it in, but I can't even clip the capsule onto it. So I'm going to have to wheel the pram base and hold the capsule. Oh my oh. God. The struggle is so real when you, when oh you like God. re, I don't know, when you're just relearning or getting used to that. It's the fluster that gets you. Like, first of all, with some prams, you need like a freaking engineering degree just to understand how to pop them up pop them down like when you're in your sleep deprived haze and yeah when you've got other kids like bouncing around you talking to you and you're like in a hurry you're late for school it's honestly can be so stressful so stressful and I forgot how heavy the capsules are far out I actually got like a tennis elbow like <laughs> like an injury from just old around. age babe yeah old age slash haggard mum injury anyway that is so classic you too like fuck it I'm just leaving it here oh my god I'm so annoyed and then I realized when I got back to the car and eventually I figured out how to collapse it down so my lovely friend did help me wheel the base back I should say but then she was like I had a pram like this and all her kids she doesn't have babies anymore they're all a bit older and she's Mm. like I know how to do it it's really easy and then she's trying to collapse it down and then Anyway, neither of us could figure it out. Uh, that would have made you feel a bit better yeah, at least. <laughs> then I look in the boot and I was like, oh, there's the adapters. Oh, my God. They were course. there the whole time. Anyway, enough about me and my um, fail to. Pram, pram diaries. Yeah, the pram diaries. I should continue this. Could be quite <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah. Yeah, I can't say that I had any like full on, you know, moments exactly like that, but I just lugged that capsule around for months and just, yeah, got a sore elbow and, oh, man, the struggle is so real. But also, don't get me wrong, capsules are so handy. Oh, my God, they are the best. Yeah, they are the best. To be able to clip them in and out and not get the sleeping baby out is life-changing. Particularly when- In my opinion. Yeah, like particularly because, you know, in those first like kind of three weeks when they're basically just still asleep and it doesn't matter where you move them, they won't wake up. I mean, you still don't want to get them out of the capsule if you don't have to, but it's easy. Whereas 
as they start to get a little bit older and they are a bit more sensitive, like getting them in and out when they've just fallen asleep is not ideal if you can avoid it. So before we get into like the topic of today's episode, we did have a like glam little night out the other night to go to the premiere of your wonderful dad's film. We did. When you just said that, I was like a glam night out. I feel like I haven't done anything glam in so long. It was like two weeks. And I believe it's out in cinemas now. It is out in cinemas, yeah. So talk to us about that. I mean, not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> it's a pretty big deal and it's an amazing story. And, you know, I know you probably feel a bit like it's very close to home and very close to your heart, but he's incredible and it's an incredible story and it's a fucking great film. It is a really good film and I think it really does reflect him and who he was very, very well, like the director and the producer. They've done an amazing job of it and, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing even for me to watch it and I've seen it a couple of times now and just reflect back on all the incredible things that he did throughout his life and his career and I think it would be like a really inspiring documentary for lots of different people. You know, mm. he was really someone that kind of built his incredible legacy right from the bottom and um, he worked really, really hard. It was so inspiring to watch and I can't wait to watch it again because it all just sort of happened so quickly and the excitement of seeing it for the first time and, you know, obviously, you know, the emotional factor of sitting right next to you when I watched it for the first time too was all quite overwhelming but I can't wait to watch it again because he does have an incredible story. And he's very passionate and a character. Such a character and such a pioneer, you know. He gave no fucks. Like if he wanted something and he, and he saw the value in it and the potential in it, he just went for it. Well, as he always used to say, you've got to be a leader, not a follower, and he was certainly that. So it was amazing to have you there with me and, and watching it. One of the trickiest parts of it for me was the way that the documentary goes is he kind of narrates the whole thing you know, with all this old archived footage. So he narrates essentially the whole story and obviously it goes in and out of him speaking with other people on there talking about him and about different kind of memories and different stages throughout his life and his career. But I found it, yeah, I found it pretty tricky to listen to him the whole time. But mm. then comforting in other ways too, you know, being able to hear yeah. his voice. So it was kind mm. of a mix of emotions that mumbling, raspy voice of yeah. his that you can barely understand. <laughs> but, yeah, go and see it, everyone. I highly recommend it. It's a great film, really awesome history of, like, you know, Australian music history, so many stories that I had never heard or had forgotten about. Lots of great stories. So, yes, anyway, just wanted to touch on that. Check it out. You might even spot me on the screen. Yes, you sure will. Yeah, well, good point. You're in it. You did such a great job of, I think I was saying to you afterwards that, you know, you added this really gentle warmth to his story, very heartfelt from his one and only daughter that just really was a big part to the story of him and his life, I, I believe. So I think you did a really good job because it would have been, you know, really hard to do that at the time. It was not long after his passing that you did that. It was so It was so tricky actually, I remember, because at the time when we were going to do it, it wasn't that I didn't want to do it, but I just didn't want to do it then because I felt like I wasn't ready to be talking about him and his story because obviously I was still coming to terms with the fact of him not being here. So it just didn't feel right to be talking about how he used to be or how he was. So that was definitely challenging, but I was not going to not do it, you know. Exactly. But, you know, still really brave. So well done. Thank you. All right. Well, let's talk about today's episode. Yes. Are you feeling 
more organized than ever? (laughs) I think I will be after we have this chat. But to give a bit of an intro and a bit of context, we thought that it would be really beneficial for you guys that are listening or watching just to talk about the different challenges that have risen for us since becoming parents and also the solutions that we've found to manage those challenges. Because I was actually thinking the other day, like my eldest daughter, Honey, is three and a half or, you know, she's closer to four now. So I've been a parent for almost four years, which isn't really that long. And I was kind of thinking about it in relation to if I had like changed careers Mm. or changed a completely different job or something like that, you'd still feel very new at it, even after four years. You know, you'd still be like, I've got so much to learn. There's so many other people with so much more experience and all this sort of thing. And I often feel like that with parenting, you know, like you kind of put this expectation on yourself or you're expected to just like be a mum, be a dad, like overnight. But the reality is like you have to learn how to do it on the job. And there's so many other things that come up aside from just parenting. And it depends on what your situation is, but there's domestic duties around the house. There's balancing working and parenting. There's relationship strain, like all of these things that you have to navigate in the moment at the time. And it's a lot. And just when you feel like you've got something figured out or you're in a good groove, like you'll get thrown a curveball. Or as you said, like, honey, she might be, I was about to say four and a half, she might be three and a half, nearly four. But then once she's five and then six, different challenges will arise. You know, Mm. there'll be different things that you're trying to figure out and you can kind of never get too comfortable with Mm. where you're at. And so the thing like for me at the moment, and we were speaking a little bit more about it the other day because you've got a new baby, so you're in that deep stage of just totally caring for the baby and getting used to that. And we're talking about different ways of like how you stay on top of life, basically, how you stay organized, how you stay well communicated, like how you stay just on top of the daily grinds. I see you as a rather organized person and I'm sure I've mentioned it before, like I'm a very disorganized person. So I have been on this path since having a second child and since other life circumstances have changed to get organized. You definitely seem a bit more organized than what you used to be. Do I? You probably feel more hectic than ever, but I feel like a little bit, yeah. Oh, in what kind of ways? (laughs) You're like, really? Oh my God. You're better with communication, I reckon. Okay. Better with your phone, babe, which is, you know, that's one thing. You're getting more things done. You're doing more. Yeah, I feel like you're a little bit more organized. I'll take it as a compliment because <laughs> I'm trying really fucking hard. How's me? You're good on your phone. Um, no. no, well, that's a huge, no. Well, I yeah. mean, you, you know that as my close friend that I'm terrible with my phone. I'm like, I'm so shocking at replying to text messages. I barely answer my phone. It's like stuck in another room for half the, the day. In the fridge half the time. Yeah, in the fridge half the time. Like, you know, I'm just not very good at that device being connected to me all the time. And also it's a bit of an anxiety trigger for me too. Like if I'm in the zone of trying to do something else and the phone randomly rings or I get an email that pings at me that I wasn't expecting or a text or something, I get a bit flustered and I kind of go into avoidant mode, you know, like, oh, I'll deal with that later when I can put my mind into it. Whereas like with you, for example, what satisfies you is to just get it done like just respond and put it out of your mind. So everyone's really different. Pros and cons to both though, because I can often rush things, but I get 
maybe some more things done sometimes, but then you will take your time and maybe get a better result because you won't rush it. Mm, <laughs> you know possibly. what I mean? Like you say, though, pros and cons to both. So we thought we'd go through what the top standout challenges are for each of us in the stages that we're at, and then also the top standout solutions in the hope that anyone tuning into this picks up a great tip and it helps them. You know, nothing too outrageous, but just some really simple tips or things that we both do that really help us. So do you want to start with you? Okay, I can start if you would like. So we can talk about, I guess, some of my biggest challenges. So maybe just for a bit of context, I've just had a new baby, which we just mentioned before, little Otis, who's eight weeks old. And he is obviously taking up the majority of my time right now, but obviously balancing that with Nina and Lulu. So Nina is seven and a half and Lulu has just turned five. And it's interesting because you'd think, you know, having two kids that are older and then having a baby, oh, it's good because there's quite a big age gap and they're really capable and they can do a lot for themselves, which they can, but also there's a lot of other challenges that come with those ages obviously also you're throwing in things like school and kinder drop-off pickups, all the extracurricular activities, all their social activities. So there's just always a lot going on. So I think we're very much in a stage where we're just kind of trying to find and balance the different needs of children with the different ages. So that's one big thing for me at the moment. That's a challenge. Finding time for ourselves now as parents of three kids, that is also quite a challenge right now. But I I know that that's a bit of a phase which we will eventually come through in 25 years or 25 <laughs> years or so. 25 lifetimes. 25 <laughs> lifetimes. And then also another thing because during the week is when it's the most hectic I find is sort of finding that sweet spot of not rushing the kids but also kind of setting boundaries and giving them structure. But you've got to be realistic because we need to get out of the door on time. We've got to be somewhere. They've got to be at school. So we can't really just go with the flow during the week. So finding the balance between the three kids, finding time with your partner now that you have all those needs of three children and trying to navigate the rush. Yeah, the rush and not putting too much pressure on the kids, I suppose, Mm. as well. Yeah. So let's talk about solutions. Let's start with the first one, like balancing the three kids and their different needs and their different schedules. What are the things that you have found you still haven't figured out yet or that do work? I think for balancing the three kids is for my husband and I, so with the situation we're in, he's very, very flexible with work and often works from home. So that is helpful. And obviously I'm at home full time with little Otis at the moment and, you know, throwing in a podcast episode or two or a whole season here and there with with you. So I guess it's just dividing and conquering is like a massive one for us. So dividing the different activities that Nina and Lulu have on after school or before school and also having like a real clear communication on different jobs that need to be done and I guess who's doing what. I think that's really important because if you don't communicate that, then you're kind of setting yourself up to fail a little bit. And then you get frustrated not only at yourself or not only at your kids, but at your partner and then if you and your partner are frustrated and you're arguing and kind of going tit for tat on who did this and who didn't do this, then no one's happy and then that throws the whole house into just shit, really. 
I think that's really important. And we have a shared calendar. So we both know exactly what each other's got on pretty much all the time, what the kids have on, and again, who's doing what. So in that shared calendar, you write down what all the kids' activities are. And then how do you actually divide up who's going to do what? Like, is that something that you just have an ongoing conversation about like weekly? It's just like, okay, you know, you're doing this on Monday and Wednesday, I can do that. Or is it like a daily thing or is it something that you like plan ahead? Or Ongoing things. We generally, we both have already had that conversation on kind of who does what or who takes the kids to swimming or who takes the kids to, Nina has choir early one morning at school, like all the different things. But usually at the start of a week, like on a Sunday, we'll talk about what's on the week ahead. So not just those regular things, but different things that might have arised for either of us. So, yeah, it's always a conversation at the start of the week and then we also have ongoing things. Like every Monday he always takes the girls to swimming and I know that. So if for some reason next Monday he can't take them, he'll let me know on the Sunday and then we'll figure that out. But I think communication is really important. But then there's things that arise like book week this week for the kids and then I need to <laughs> figure out to like outfits for them and you know they've got expectations we do it together like we make things and it's amazing but there's all those little extra things that just always pop up yeah the admin that goes along with school like I'm only just getting this tiny little taste now that honey goes to kinder but the admin that goes along with school and their curriculum and exactly all those extracurricular things is just full-on So, like, once you have multiple kids at school, I feel like young families, like in the stage that, well, you do have a school-age child now, but when you've got kids before school age, it's kind of like this dream or this, like, a vision ahead that, like, once all your kids are at school, you've got all this free time and you can, like, choose to do it what you choose with life again, go back to work full time or, you know, do whatever you choose. And I just feel like that's not the case. Like... There's just so much admin that comes along with school. It actually gets busier yeah. in a different way, busier in a different way. So I think two of mine are kind of a little bit combined because when I was talking about also finding that sweet spot of not rushing the kids but also setting boundaries and structure, et cetera, there's sort of certain things that I guess we've started doing and it's really just been this year and then it's really amped up in the lead up to – us having our third baby as well, trying to be as organized as possible during the school week. Because also with school, with Nina, some days she has to wear a different uniform and that can get really confusing, like looking at the different timetables and what they've got on and often it changes and there'll be like the parents' WhatsApp group. Everyone's like, what are they wearing today? Does anyone know what day it is? Because it goes from day one to 10, but sometimes you get confused. Am I day one or am I day five? Like, no idea. Sorry, because- the second week, so it's a two-week cycle. The second week, day one is actually day six. Does that make sense? So it's quite confusing. So a few little things that we do to kind of help that is I have this like clothes rack. It's, just, it's so basic. I think I got it from Ikea. But it sits in our kind of kitchen living area during the week and every single night or afternoon the day before I put Nina's school uniform, so whatever uniform she's going to be wearing the following day. I put clothes for Lulu for kinder, everything down to like underwear, socks, any extracurricular activity outfits. So whether they they play soccer, so it could be like their soccer bag, it could be their swimming stuff, 
everything is all put out the night before. Love that for you. Does that just satisfy your organisation brain? It really, really does. (laughs) Then you've just got to get the kids to actually like – Put it on. (laughs) Proactively go and put it on and actually get dressed. and Totally different challenge. And, you know, wash their face and brush their teeth and because they'll do those things but like in their own time. But in the morning when it's already like 7.30 and you've got to be leaving for school in 40 minutes and there's like breakfast, get ready, brush your teeth, wash your face, all that stuff. So being as organised as possible to counteract that unpredictable is kind of the only way to go, isn't it? Because if you add chaos to chaos, you're all dead. (laughs) And you don't, I'm not saying everyone has to go out and get a rack. You can pop it on your dining table or on the couch or wherever works for you. But doing it the night before, it does make a massive difference. And also, particularly for my, for Lulu, like, you know what it's like sending, she's just turned five, but you know, a three, four or five-year-old, go and get dressed. Like how long does that take when they're pulling stuff out of their cupboard and they don't want to wear this and they do want to wear this? Sometimes she is quite adamant on what she will and won't wear. So sometimes the night before I'll just say, come with me, what do you want to wear tomorrow? And we'll do it, but then it's done. That's a good point because what about also giving them a little bit of creative freedom or giving them a bit of independence as well? So I let her help sometimes, but mm, she sometimes, sometimes no, yeah. a lot of the time. But also like once that's out, then she's got to figure it out. Like she has to get herself dressed. And then often she'll go and she'll go into her room, she'll throw stuff back in there and come out in something completely different. That's fine as long as she's getting it done. But I find if there's a little bit of it laid out, then that's a massive help. Another one is, I've done this for a couple of years now, but is making their lunches the night before. You're a big advocate for that. It seems really annoying at the time and you're like, oh, I'll just do it in the morning. Trust me, the few times that I forget to do it now, it is such a pain to do it in the morning. Mm. Because, of course, the day that you forget to do it and you're doing it on the fly, that's the day that you've run out of bread to make a sandwich and it's the day that you've run out of snacks and it's the day that you scrambling yeah every time so at least if you do it the night before and you've realized you've run out of bread well then you have time to whatever it is make it up with something else or get something in the morning or absolutely whatever. and it's yeah. just it's one thing that's done like you've you've done it and then you're not you don't have stuff everywhere in the morning trying to get their lunch together so doing that and also when we get home and it doesn't matter what your circumstance is if you are picking your kids up and coming straight home or if you've gone to an activity or if you're working and you're coming home later one of the first kind of things I like to do is just get their lunch boxes out wash them and then I remake their lunch and again at the time I can never be bothered but it's always like such a good feeling to wake up knowing that it's done and you're not getting a lunchbox out of a bag that's full of like a mouldy sandwich and a smelling squash banana. That's me. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, that's I've... probably my number one tip, even more than the clothes, is the lunch. Can I throw one other little thing, sorry, in there for the kids? We have these little charts. Oh, yes. And they're you're laminated about and they've got like a whiteboard kind of texture and it has the things on that they need to do in the morning. Very basic. Eat your breakfast, wash your face, brush your teeth, get dressed, pack your school bag, and then they can literally do whatever they want. They can watch TV. I don't care. They can get something from the stack box. If all those things are done, they can do whatever they want. I like that. And does it work? Yeah, so it's been working. So since we started that, and that's only been since we had Otis because what was happening is everyone was waking up. I'd had no sleep. You know, Mackie had virtually had no sleep. So we're exhausted and then trying to get the kids to do things. And when you're kind of really tired 
and you're kind of at breaking point, the house is not happy then. And kids love accomplishing something, don't they? They love to be able to do something themselves and then be able to say, like, I did it, I achieved it, I accomplished it. So They do it a bit quicker. They get it all done because they're like, then we can do whatever we want. Anyway, moving on. So they'd be my three tips for the school week. Okay, time for a quick breather. (sighs) We just want to acknowledge the support of our friends at Swiss Wellness for helping us bring this episode to you. Swiss Wellness, making people around the world healthier and happier. Now let's get back to the episode. So what about the other kind of challenge you were talking about, like finding time for your partner or for your relationship? I think with that one, I kind of meant obviously for our relationship and time together, but also time to be able to both do things that we want to do, like Mm. time for ourselves really. Huge one, isn't it? Which that is quite tricky at the moment with the stage that we're in because there's just, there's literally no time. (laughs) Time. And I, I feel like we had figured it out pretty well. We were onto a pretty good groove with the ages that the girls were at. But now, or even so though, like just this term and this year, like they've got more out of school things so that gives you less time and then now we have a baby that's like no time again got communication is a big one and that mm. teamwork of like okay if you want to go and do this at this time like I can pick up that extra slack here that will allow you to do that and then I guess it works both ways then when it's my turn and I want to do something like Mackie will kind of do this the, the same. So figuring out where that's going to work best, I guess, for both of us, but also it's just surrendering to the stage that we're in a little bit, which I've found a lot easier this time than I think he has. Because I'm like, I know that this is just where I'm at. It's not my time to just have free time to go and do what I want. It's not going to be forever. But I think now we're kind of a couple of months in, we're sort of starting to be able to do little things again that we both want to do. That's good because it is so important just for your own health and well-being. Yeah, it's becoming a bit more manageable to have all three kids together at the one time. Like that's quite tricky. Well, that's why it's a good time to talk about this because as soon as you throw another child into the mix, everything changes. Well, with the ages that they're at, it's easy to be like, okay, cool, well, you'll just take them to do this or you'll do this like while I go and do this. But now it's like, okay, there's those two and then there's a tiny little baby who's unpredictable who – might need me to feed him. Yes, he'll take a bottle. It might need a feed or might need to sleep or might need all these different things or you might not know what he needs. And that's trickier when you're trying to like, you know, divide your time between them all. So absolutely. That's what has triggered this process of trying to be more efficient with my time. My partner and I together, we kind of got to a point where everything did feel very out of control. We felt extremely time poor, very stressed, very overwhelmed, and something had to change. And that's since having a second child, you know, and our life changing again. And, you know, a lot of people always ask, like, you know, did you find it harder to go from zero to one child or one to two children or, you know, for your case, two to three, whatever it is, zero to three? And my answer is always, I found it harder to go from zero to one because it was so life-changing and your lifestyle obviously has to adapt and change so much. But once you have more than one child, it's just so much busier. So when you've only got one or like you're saying, when you've got two that are an age where you can more easily look after two of them, one person can watch them while the other one has time. Yeah. But when 
they both need you so much. One has to have one, the other has to have the other, and then you're left with no time for yourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, we kind of got to this point where we're like, something's got to give, something's got to change. So, hence why we kind of went on this path to like, let's get organized and let's be more efficient with our time because we just couldn't keep going the way that we were. The other thing is, you know, then also keeping on top of like, I guess, having food in the house, cooking meals. 100%. Cleaning the house, all those household necessities that you need to keep on top of. So another thing we do is we have subscriptions. Yes. So we have a subscription for our cleaning products and actually the one that we use is great. Essentially like when you first sign up, you get all the different cleaning products and all the jars or all the containers and then as you run out you just get sent then the refills and then the refill packets you can send them back so that's great so we never run out of that type of stuff that comes like every I think it's like six to eight weeks and then now we've just got a subscription for nappies and for baby formula. No that's a great one because like you were saying earlier as well when things are busy and a little bit out of these are the really small things that tick you off and that you end up arguing with your partner about. And it's so frustrating and so pointless because you end up having an argument about why was there only one nappy left? And it's like nine o'clock at night and there's no nappies and now we can't find the nappies that we use. How can you run out of nappies? I've literally had that argument with my partner. Subscriptions are great. We have a toilet paper subscription amazing. Never have to think about it. You know, coffee subscription, all the staples, all of the things that you like are absolutely non-negotiables, get a subscription for them. A lot of these companies, you can customize the timing of them too. So, you can customize it to you. So We still haven't figured out the nappy one and the formula one yet. So, I think at the moment it's coming like fortnightly, but you can change that. And actually the other week, Otis changed nappy sizes and so easily went on updated it and they sent us the new size the next day. Perfect. You should get onto the nappy subscription if you don't do that. Yeah, yeah. We've forever got the nappy problem. Oh my God. Okay, so let's move on to you and all your tips and tricks. Issues. Issues. (laughs) Okay, so my biggest challenges that I have found in this, you know, new parenting era are time and time management. Organization, because like I said earlier, I feel like I'm not the most organized person in the world. However, I will say in a work environment, I've always managed to be very on top of things and very organized, but it always seems to be my personal self that tends to get left behind. So like I can be really organized at work, but then when it comes to my my own personal admin, fines, stuff like that, like I'm a shocker. So organization once you have kids is like a whole different ball game. That's been a really big challenge. And then the third one as well is communication and not only just communication with my partner, but also just communication in general. Again, like we spoke about before, I have not been the best person at communicating via my phone. So that's another one that has been a real challenge. So if I start with the time and time management thing, One of the big solutions that I have found recently for that is definitely a shared calendar with myself and my partner. Again, we found that we were having these small snippets of communication, which often are very interrupted by my partner who's at work a lot of the time and me who has the kids with me a lot of the time. It would always be really interrupted, so it would always be cut short and then we'd be sort of blaming each other for 
you know, I told you about that, I mentioned that, you know, all of that sort of thing. And you forget when it's like a quick conversation, you know? Yeah, exactly. And like it just felt really chaotic, really disorganised and really unproductive. And then all of these things that add to this kind of chaotic environment always ends up leaving me feeling like really dysregulated and really disheartened, you know, like I, God, that was so stressful and why did I react like that? And yeah, really disappointed in the way that I responded or reacted, especially towards the kids or towards, you know, my partner who I love the most and all of these sorts of things. So yeah, the time management thing has been a big thing for me recently. And, you know, probably the key thing that I can say is the most successful or useful thing to do is to get up before your kids. And I know, again, this is dependent on the stage that you're at with your kids. Obviously, if you're getting woken up through the night, this is not always achievable, but I am at a stage now where both my kids sleep through the night and that's amazing. And it's taken me quite some time to get back to this place of getting up early before them because I've done it at different stages. And it's the one thing that allows you to have time to yourself, uninterrupted time, and you can allow yourself to use that time however you feel is the most productive. So if I don't get up before them, sometimes it gets like two hours, three hours, you know, into lunchtime. And I'm like, I still haven't brushed my own freaking teeth. I haven't had a shower. Like this is just not, like I don't feel myself. I don't feel human. It's those basic things that we should all be able to do every day. Yes. That we, yeah, that we just all deserve as human beings to look after ourselves and to feel like we can show up to the world in a respectful way. (laughs) So I'm very much back on that train at the moment, like getting up before your kids. It's just the most valuable thing for time management, in my opinion. Yeah. The other thing is, this might sound stupid, but also like just to lower your standards a little bit as well. There's only so much that you can fit into one day. And if you are looking after kids at the same time as trying to do other things, it's really challenging and really difficult. Like kids require a lot of your attention and a lot of your energy. And as soon as you take that attention and energy away from them, they're at you more, they need you more. As soon as you do anything, even just get on the phone. They're like not talking to you or nowhere near you. They're doing happily doing something. You get on the phone and then they need something and they want you. Yeah. As soon as we like pick up the phone or open or I open up my laptop or something, honey's climbing all over me, touching my computer. Whereas five minutes ago she was happy play doing. Yeah, no, <laughs> and then it's like, you know, because they can sense it, you know. And she's they like, can I don't see. want to do play doh anymore. Like yeah. I just want to sit on top of you. Yeah, they can just sense that, you know, particularly devices and screens, they just suck the attention from them directly into something else. So they're like, I'm going to go for that device that sucks the, the attention away from me. So trying to juggle those two things are really difficult. So I think just like being more realistic, lowering your standards about what you can actually get done if you are trying to look after kids at the same time and yeah, just being more realistic about what you can achieve in one day. And then the other thing with time, and this also then ties into communication and organisation, is that Aidan and I have found that another thing that we were finding hard to juggle was communicating about our finances. And, you know, you'd be constantly calling each other like, oh, I got this bill. Have you paid this bill? Or, you know, there's new interest rate things or we have to adjust this or, you know, all of these sort of things, bills, fines, mortgages, investments, savings, anything to do with that, it comes up in conversation a lot. 
And it's often a bit of a drainer of a conversation. Let's be honest. if you don't know who's doing what or who's paying what. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we started this new thing called Money Mondays and we sit together every Monday night and talk about our finances. And it sounds so unsexy and so boring, but I have to tell you, it has taken away this niggling, frustrating, constant thing that would linger every day into just a dedicated time slot where we come into it with the right mind frame. We know we're going to talk about it. We often sit and do it over a glass of wine and that's the time for it because like he's the one working. He's the one bringing in the income for the family at the moment. So he's the one thinking about it a lot more. He's the one stressing about it, all of these sorts of things. And he'd kind of come at me at these random times in the day and I'd just be like, I'm not in the mind frame. I, I can't deal. Like don't bring this up right now. So that's honestly been life-changing and you can make it a you know you can make it a thing like I said you know we sit and have it uh, do it over a glass of wine and we just get it done how much better than just randomly talking about it all through random times of the week the night the day which as you said that becomes really stressful Mm. you know Monday nights when we talk about this stuff if there's something we need to sort out or something that's bothering us that's when we talk about it. The same concept can work for whatever your challenge is. If it's planning, if it's housework, if it's like whatever your challenge is within your home or within your relationship, you know, dedicate some time and sit and have that meeting once a week. Like it's great. And the way that we manage the admin of it, we actually, you know, just your notes app on your phone, you can share your notes. And so we just dot, write dot points. And when those things do spring to our mind, we just put them down in the notes rather than calling each other randomly and being like, you know, what are the bank details for this account? I've got to pay this and blah, blah, and, and making it the other person's problem. You just like put that thought down onto the notes and you know that you're going to sort it out on Money Monday. Can I throw one little thing in actually about what you just said is one that Mackie's really into spreadsheets, as you would know. And so he has done this for years and he got me on board maybe a year or two ago, like a spreadsheet that literally has all your login details, like all your passwords, like I've got a personal one, then we've got like a shared one. Because as you said, otherwise I would always be ringing him or he'd be ringing me being like, what is the login for this? What's the little passcode for this? And then you get really frustrated with each other. Totally. That's a great one. I have that too for all my own passwords. And you and I now have the same thing, which I think Mackie set up for us for this podcast. You guys need a shared Excel spreadsheet. I think we were doing the same thing. Like, what's the Instagram password? How do we get into the website? <laughs> and I think Mackie was like, set up a master doc, which has all your passwords and all all of that sort of thing. In saying that, in mentioning that, anyone that has a small business or is working or has any colleagues in any sense of the word, Google Docs is oh fucking God, genius, best. isn't it? That's it what we use so for this podcast. Good. So easy to use. It saves automatically. You can both work simultaneously on the same document. You can see where someone's made changes. You can be on there at the same time and look at each other writing in things live. Yeah, so that's how I feel about time. They're the things that I've implemented. Um, organisation, shared calendar. I use the Gmail, Google Calendar. I find it really easy. You can colour code it. You can set reminders. You can do all the things. 
that's genius for me and I actually live by it. I was never like much of a calendar person before. I actually really used to love to write things in a diary. But 2023, babe. Yeah. And you need to be able to share this with other people because communication. But the other thing that I found that's been productive and great for communication within my family unit, we've got this app called Cozy or Cozy, it's C-O-Z-I. And it's designed for exactly this, like family organization, family communication. So it's got a calendar, it's got lists, and it's got recipes. So we use this as our shared calendar. And then you can also set up that it automatically feeds through to whatever other calendar you use. So things that I or Aiden implement into this cozy calendar also feeds into my Google calendar. So it's all kind of synced, which is awesome. So we put everything in there to do with the kids. And then it's got this list section, which has like shopping lists and then also to-do lists. So if there's things around the house that like I need Aiden to help fix or things that need to be done, I just write them into his to-do list. And then he looks at them and the next time he is out and needs to get something to do that job. We don't have to have this like annoying conversation about it. Same with groceries, like you were saying before. If you've run out of something and, you know, you can just write it straight into this list and then the next time someone's at the supermarket, they just check the list and they just get the thing. You don't have to have this thing like, oh, you should have told me you were going to the supermarket. We really need freaking wheat bix wheat bix you know? yeah, like, exactly <laughs> like i wish you'd have told me we ran out of milk you know oh that's so annoying now i've got to go out ends up in an argument yeah that one little thing that you really need you don't have mm. so how often i mean i suppose you're looking at this app then all the time to make sure that you're on top of it yes but it is a good point all of these like tools that i'm mentioning or apps or whatever they're only as good as the operator as the user you've got to keep that commitment to updating it and, and actually writing down the things. But we've only been doing this now for a few months and so we're still kind of getting used to it. But it's, yeah, it's so much easier. No, that app does sound good. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, That's and then it has alley. this recipe sections as well, which any recipe you can basically find online, even if they're from a cookbook or something. Mm. Like we're a big food household. We're like we batch cook, we meal plan, all that sort of stuff because it's like a big part of our thing. But to think about what you're going to cook to make sure that you've got the groceries for those meals, like it's so time consuming. So this is, again, this is a new thing, but we I now try to like plan the meals a week ahead. And this is really helpful because you can choose, the, choose your meals that you want to cook. You can allocate them to the date, the night of the week. And then you can also export the ingredients from the recipe into your shopping list, then you've got this kind of like, you know, online shopping list that when you're at the market or the supermarket or whatever, you've got all those ingredients for the meals that you want to cook on your shopping list. Genius. Genius. Yeah. Like obviously there's people who have lived before us who have (laughs) found these same (laughs) challenges who have created apps like this. Meals is a tricky one. Yeah, how do you guys do that? I feel like you just go with the flow a bit more. (laughs) That's one thing I generally do go with the flow with. But again, like the last couple of months, we've been much more thought out because otherwise it was getting to whatever time and it's like, okay, cool. What's for dinner? And often I'll have the kids sorted depending on what they've got on. Like probably four nights a week we all eat together and sometimes two or three nights depending they might just eat a bit earlier than us. Sort of just depends. So I generally do like one big um, food shop at the start of the week 
just to have all the basics for the week, like stuff, make sure I don't run out of stuff for the kids' lunches, all the things that I know that we're going to use. And then sometimes I might get like, you know, fish or meat as we need it or closer to the day. But I'm finding that if on a Sunday I don't pick at least like two or three meals I'm going to cook, then yeah, it just becomes really stressful. Yeah, there's nothing worse than getting to 5 p.m. and, you know, the kids saying to you, we're hungry, what's for dinner? And you're like, I don't know, haven't got there yet. And then trying to scramble to put something together and then everyone's annoyed and hungry and you're tired and it's just. So I normally do like two or three days ahead of planning at the moment because even like I think I'll just walk down because I'm walking distance from the shops, but that just doesn't always happen. Yeah, and especially now with Otis. Yeah. Not as easy as that used to be, right? No, like the other day it was last week and I had uh, Lulu, the day Lulu was home and Otis was here and I was cooking something really, really simple. I can't remember what it was. might have even just been like a bolognese or something. The fact that I already had every single thing in the fridge, it was a Wednesday, I'd got everything on the Monday. The fact I had everything there just meant I could do it, get it done. I didn't have to try and leave the house to get anything and it was cooked like by the afternoon. Just makes you feel so much more together, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, Life-changing then, tips, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I know, like invigorating <laughs> chat here. But like, let's be real, a lot of our audience is in the same boat, you know, like we're all just trying to juggle the things and it doesn't matter your situation. Like, like your situation is slightly different to mine and mine's going to be different to the next person. I'm at home with my kids. I go, I'm sort of lucky in the sense that you know, my work can be on and off, a little bit flexible. And at the moment, I'm not working much. I'm mostly at home with the kids, which is harder than any work that I've ever done. <laughs> but even if you work full time or, you, or you're a stay-at-home mum, whatever the situation is, all of these little tips. They're for everyone. They're for everyone. If you have a family and you're trying to just get through the day-to-day, all of these things can help everyone. So then the last thing, like on communication, a couple of things that have helped for me, uh, like you mentioned before, the group chats, they're actually really help, like, you know, school group or kinder group chats or something. Uh, they're actually really helpful to just get quick information. Like if you're like, oh shit, is today a dress up day? I feel like I read a notice somewhere about that, but I don't know. Quickly tap into the group chat. There's heaps of people in there all in the same boat. So people respond really quickly. It's great. In saying that though, I've spoken to quite a few kinder mums who then have multiple other children and they've got like 18 group chats and then it's like I have so many group chats now. <laughs> Just yeah. from Peter and Lulu, there's like yeah. three or four, not 18, but yeah, there's a few few different group chats. If some of the groups are now redundant, if it's last year's class, leave the group, <laughs> you know, get out of there, only use the ones that are relevant. The school one, like Nina's year two parents WhatsApp, Literally every morning someone's writing about a uniform, a casual clothes day, a school excursion, is it swimming? Like there was one before, has anyone seen so-and-so's jumper that's gone missing or so-and-so's goggles? Like there's a lot to remember and that is very helpful. Much quicker than actually going on the special app that the school provides with all the information right there. Yeah. This is like a really small little thing, but I was in a group chat with a group of girlfriends the other day and we're trying to find a date to have a catch up. We've all been there, right? Everyone's throwing a million dates around. No one can find a date that suits everyone. And one of my friends put this little poll up. I was like, fucking genius. Instead of everyone writing 18 texts, I can do this date, but not that one, but this time, but not that time. She just listed all the dates and you just click on the dates and then whichever date ends up with everyone clicked on it, that's, that's the, the date. Winner. That's the date. I was like, genius, time hack, time saver, love this. <laughs> Talking about this in the episode. <laughs> 
And then that's about it. The only other thing with communication is that now that we have all of these little systems in place between my partner and I, our daily conversations are now more like just checking up on you. I know you had a really shit day yesterday, just checking how you're feeling, you know, or miss you, love you, how's your lunch, you know, just more caring, nice, and not just like, you know, you didn't pay that bill or whatever it is, all that stuff that ends up being an argument. So that's why this stuff, I know it sounds maybe a bit boring, but that's why I think it's important, all this sort of stuff. So important. And I think one thing that I think we've we've said this before on lots of different episodes, but I actually think key to a lot of this stuff, once again, is communication. It's the key. It's the golden key. It's the golden key. Yes, like teamwork's great and all that stuff, but particularly with a lot of these things and when you have families, you've got to, as we've said, divide and conquer a lot and everyone's in different situations. And But, yeah, communication is the number one. So, I mean, we're obviously very passionate about this and if you're still listening <laughs> – Good on you guys. Like, love now you I'm for that. I'm not using my time very well because there's a multitude of things I could get done when we stop recording before Otis wakes up. Although I feel like I can kind of already hear him stirring. So that probably ain't going to happen. But this is where surrender. you just got to lower the standards, lower the standards. babe. <laughs> surrender. Standards. Surrender. <laughs> One other last little thing that I want to add that we were just talking about before we started recording was that having all of these things in place is great and it's helpful to get through the daily grind, but it's also very important to sometimes just let go. Let it go, let it go. As Elsa said, such a mum thing to say, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like it's sometimes it's just as empowering to just let go of all the shit as well. And whether you have to have a weekend away or be on holidays to do that, then so be it. Do that. Just don't let it go throughout the school week. That's my one tip. Yeah, yeah. Um, You'll regret it. You'll regret it. That's the thing. The only person that's going to lose then is you. Mm. No, no, you are so right. We've just got to let things go sometimes and go with the flow. Remember those days? Yeah, gosh, like a distant memory. You know, you could just go out for a drink or come home <laughs> as the sun's coming up or after it's already yes. come up. Oh, they were the days. Oh, miss that version of us. I know, seriously. <laughs> now we're up breastfeeding when the sun it's comes time up. Time to pump and dump, babe. <laughs> Yeah, we need a good old night out. I'm actually <laughs> never pumped and dumped, to be honest. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, good chat. Great chat. That was great. Hopefully you guys have gained something from that. And if you have, share it with a friend who needs it. Absolutely. I hope. We, yeah, you're right. I hope we have shared some great tips, which I think we have. And, yes, a lot of them are very simple, but I feel like they are tips that can work for anyone in any situation. So, I mean, we're no experts, by the way. We're just learning as we go. But I feel like we should write a book now. Yeah. <laughs> On that? <laughs> we just On need to schedule in some time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All, right, All right. Bye for now. Bye, love. Bye. That's it for today. Make sure you head to incommonprojects.com.au for the show notes, hit subscribe on your podcast app and follow us on Instagram at Talking In Common or you can check out our Facebook page which is also Talking In Common. Have a lovely day and as always, thanks for listening.